This is Small Biz Florida, the podcast designed and produced specifically for Florida small business owners and entrepreneurs. Small Biz Florida, talk that works for Florida. This podcast is supported by the Florida SBDC Network, providing the tools, strategies, and expertise to help Florida's business community thrive. Visit the Florida SBDC online at www.floridasbdc.org or contact your local office and get started on your path to success today. This is Small Biz Florida, the podcast and broadcast that's all things business across the state of Florida. And if you've been tuning in lately, you know that uh, Small Biz Florida has uh, is on the road. We are at the Florida Makes Make More Manufacturing Summit, and uh, we are situated in an incredible facility uh, called the Guidewell Innovation Center in Lake Nona, Florida. I'm telling you, if you haven't been to Lake Nona lately, you got to swing by this place. It is unbelievable what is situated here in this master-planned community. Uh, we have uh, been talking to some incredible uh, HR folks and uh, manufacturers, and we've got one of those standout entrepreneurs and manufacturers with us right now. We've got Mr. David Rosen, uh, who is the founder, owner, and operator of Kira Labs. Uh, David, welcome to Small Biz Florida. Thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, just a little bit of background on Kira Labs. Uh, Kira Labs founded in 2003 with uh, with a debut line of highly effective skincare products, including uh, national uh, natural cleansers, um, gycolic peels. Did I say that right? That's close. Okay. We'll Glycolic, yes. Glycolic appeals, and I'm going to let you tell the rest of it. Um, <laughs> but your uh, success for the company was driven by appealing design, value, and high-quality functional formulas that characterize all your brands. Uh, most important thing to, to point out, uh, David, is that in 2017, uh, your company, Care Labs, received the Florida Exporter of the Year Award. Uh, your products today uh, can be found selling in over 100 countries uh, with product lines for men and women, salons, spas, and medical uh, professionals. Uh, listen, David, you uh, really appreciate your time today stopping by and having a conversation. Uh, you are serving as a keynote speaker here uh, at the Florida Makes uh, Make More uh, summit, so we appreciate it. We know you're a you're a hot commodity here at the uh, at the summit, so we appreciate your time. Thank you, thank you, Tom. So let's start with you, uh, as we do with with everyone uh, normally on Small Biz Florida. Just a little bit of your background, pathway to uh, to uh, founding uh, Kira Labs. Sure. Well, thanks for having me today. It's been an interesting journey uh, coming from Australia as an Im- as an immigrant, arriving here in two thousand and one. And establishing a company not not too long after then, in 2003, in my garage, literally, um, really was a tale of uh, the American dream, quite honestly, when I look back on it. Um, very blessed that uh, my wife uh, from Boca Raton, Florida, brought me out here so she could complete her degree studies back in, the, back in that time. And uh, in between looking at different work opportunities, uh, my training was actually in finance and economics. Uh, was introduced to the beauty industry and literally was online and very early in the days and ran into some supply issues. And what does one do if you don't have supply but you have orders? Well, you've got to improvise. So I started reading up on my cosmetic chemistry and some very interesting, uh, more natural formulas started working with, testing those out and immediately was 
having success, but success more so than just monetary. People like the product. It's great when you can make a product and people like it. Right. Yeah, it became, it became really a passion of mine. Nice. And I guess as a textbook entrepreneur, um, you know, you were involved in the industry, you saw opportunity, you, you created your own products and, and launched those products. But I got to ask, as a textbook entrepreneur, how many times did you hear, David, that's the craziest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> did, did you hear that? Is, is that true in entrepreneurship? Do, you hear, do people tell you those kind of things? This is never going to work, David. You know, uh, and actually, I, I heard it a little bit, um, but gratefully having the right product at the right place at the right time. In those days, there was no such thing as a metrosexual or a, um, a hipster. Men weren't really that familiar with the beauty world. I was a little early to it in that respect. So you had that bit of a, you know, Porter's barrier to entry at that time was that men weren't interested in product. So yeah, people that didn't understand the beauty industry thought I was crazy, but very, very soon uh, after establishing uh, just the promotion and selling of product and then moving into manufacturing, uh, was having success after success, literally bootstrapped success. So anyone that was seeing what was going on, going from a garage to my first facility, my first employees, they were like, oh, wow, look at this. This looks great. So, yes, I've had some naysayers, but, but, very, but, but they dropped off very early in the game. Right. Uh, let's talk about the other key entrepreneurship word, scaling. Mm. Uh, you know, you talk about starting in the garage. What did that process, what does scaling look like for you? Because now you, I think you have facilities with, you said, 100 employees. Yeah. And yeah. So how did we, how did we scale? Uh, what did that look like for you? Yes, a great question. Scaling was very, very challenging. And, you know, it was before you could just buy books on Amazon or mm -hmm. read blogs. Um, I, you know, Harvard Business Review magazine was not exactly something that landed up in my mailbox. But as a matter of fact, I used to receive Inc. magazine, which was one of my Bibles. Right. So for the first few years, I would go to any conference that was available. Uh, and the reason was is because I was living in South Florida. It was a much quieter time. That was that was in those times where summer was like a season when nobody was there, although that doesn't exist <laughs> yes, anymore. I, yes, I remember those good old days. Yes. You could get into a restaurant <laughs> in the summertime. Yes. Right, right. So um, now, you know, back then, it, we didn't have like this strength of industry and economy the way we do now. Uh, it really has, I mean, we had it, but not to the same extent. Um, so I really struggled in terms of understanding what is business best practice? How do people do it? What do you do? I didn't have a mentor. I went out very early and I went and, uh, and I sought mentorship and I sought advice of other yeah. people that really helped with the scaling. Uh, gosh, I wish I would have listened to more of the advice I was given back then because I didn't understand the wisdom behind it. Now at this point, you know, in, in, in you know, a few years into my career, you look back and you're like, wow, those, th those were really crucial. Uh, now what's interesting is that it's, that it's almost known the fundamentals of business, that you have to have a mission, you have to have a purpose, you have to have strategy, priorities, so rhythm. Those things weren't talked about to the same extent uh, when I started. David, you're not that old. <laughs> Thank you. You're, you're going back into my time right. that I never heard those things. And, and um, let's talk about, of course, the, 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 the whole purpose and, and um, mission behind creating Small Biz Florida, this podcast platform was to highlight, create awareness for all the resources out there to assist small business owners and entrepreneurs. Did you tap into to some of those resources? Did you know about resources in the state of Florida? You said you went to every conference you could yep. you could find. Talk about those resources and what that meant to you, sure. like a Florida makes? Yes, uh, sure, group. absolutely. No, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of the resources. There are so many resources available. I think it's great that, that you're focusing on those as well. Um, 
early in the early in my day, if I may say so, more than more than a decade ago, I found uh, SBA Score, which brought people into my facility who were volunteering their time um, for the SBA, and that was mentorship. And did a, did a little work with them. Then I found the SBDC. Oh, uh, very close to our heart. Here. Right. Yes. So a um, big shout out to Florida SBC, SBDC. Uh, they actually helped me with my export plans early in the day, nice. which led to the Florida Export of the Year. Uh, then through SBDC Florida, uh, Pabati Chang was actually working there at the time. She and I spent a lot of time discussing um, uh, processes and, and developing those concepts that I, I was only just learning about in those days. Then it was, uh, if I go keep on going, then we found the uh, South Florida Manufacturers Association. Nice. From South Florida Manufacturers Association, we were introduced to um, Florida Makes, and then uh, grow Florida over time. And also CareerSource, I can add as well. So CareerSource, for example, gave us training dollars. SBDC helped us with planning in terms of what we wanted to do. Uh, Florida Makes, that was fan that's been fantastic because they've, they've, they've sent worldwide experts just to my facility just by me calling up and saying, hey, could somebody help with some Kaizen training? And all of a sudden I have a, a, a someone who was a, ma a general manager at Toyota arriving at my facility. Wow. Uh, which is really a gift. So those, those uh, groups... Uh, absolutely key for people to tap into. And wow. you've just got to Google. You've just got to go find them. Yeah, no, I, I'm telling you, David, you you really are a standout. We're going we're gonna to run this segment over and over and over and over again because it really is so important that people understand there are resources out there. You just have to find them and you, mm -hmm. you have to... You have to leverage them. Yep. Um, they're not going to come to you. They're not going to, you know, write your business plan. But but you obviously were the kind of person that that understood you had to put the effort in and, and leverage those resources. Uh, that really uh, a great story. Um, let's talk about let's talk about your company uh, itself. Um, where is your product? Uh, where where could we find your product? Um, is it private labeled? Um, you know. And where, where are you, how, kind of how are you positioned in the marketplace? Where, so talk a little bit about uh, Kira. Sure, absolutely. So a lot of the high-end products that we that we really focused on in the early days, uh, that led to the development of other lines. Um, and in particular, we found we had a lot of success with uh, the mass uh, market, particularly Walmart, HEB in Texas, CVS, Kroger, um, even TJ Maxx, which has a fantastic beauty section, uh, it's become a destination over the years. We've been working with them. And what we do is we develop um, the brands, the creativity, the formulas, the packaging, the styles. We, it's all internally developed. Um, many years ago, we looked at the Zara model for fashion where they had a fast fashion philosophy. And it really appealed to me because it combined the lean methodology of understanding what consumers want and trying to deliver, the, deliver to them quickly and rapidly what they want. So if a new ingredient like a tea tree or even a charcoal or hemp or CBD, whatever it might be, comes into the marketplace, we want to, we want to be involved and we want to be able to provide that to the marketplace because at the, end of the, at the end of the day, we're a process manufacturer. We're making a product and delivering it. Now, everyone likes a different style. Some people like it where it's more comical. Uh, some people like it where it's more sophisticated looks. Um, so what our creative team creates a variety of different looks and designs to appeal to a much wider variety of people. Uh, we also sell online directly some of our higher-end products like medpeel.com uh, and uh, work with uh, other uh, members of the industry in uh, supplying them product uh, throughout the world. We're actually just uh, moving into, I think, another 12 countries in Latin America recently supporting export growth for Florida. Nice. Talk about, you know, of course, the big the most popular word through the pandemic was, was pivot. Mm. Um, 
But talk to us in terms of, of sort of that word pivot, but more diversifying your product line. Sure. Is, that, is that something that you're, you, know, you deal with every day? You're, you're constantly having to say, man, we got to keep up with the marketplace here. Because I, I can only imagine the cosmetics industry is changing daily. So what does that process look like for an entrepreneur like yourself? Tom, I'm going to take you on a quick journey. <laughs> take me. I'm ready. <laughs> so here we are, and all of a sudden, March 2020, everything stops. Literally, everything stops. All the retailers that I just mentioned, everyone, they closed. They literally closed. I went out to the shop floor and I said, pause, stop. The, everything we're running, everything's on hold. And everyone's looking at me strange. And then for a few days there, nothing was happening. And we heard about these hand sanitizers we had to make. And I was like, hold on a second. We've got alcohol. We know how to make sanitizer. <laughs> Let's make sanitizer. We called our local label guys, um, executive label, uh, based also in South Florida, and um, worked with them and also another Florida uh, label company, Brightfish. They were producing labels for us right on the spot. Our team did um, R&D on the products that we needed to pivot to. Sanitizer is a relatively easy formula to make. It's about where you get the alcohol from. You can't get low quality alcohol, you have to get the higher quality. Luckily for us, we knew who to call, when to call. I literally had a tanker truck, a tanker truck pull up to my facility and we offloaded it with pure alcohol. Wow. Um, and then I had my mechanics go and retrofit and ventilate the entire facility with a whole new system in order to avoid any, any uh, uh, combustion uh, risk whatsoever. So we really were maintaining safety, but we had everybody back to work full time immediately. And that pivot was dramatic and the formula work that went on was really outstanding. You really should be taking somewhere like three months to do something like that. Mm. And within days, we'd already spun it around. Then the next thing that happened in the pivot is that we got a call from New York. New York were desperate for antimicrobial cleanser. Happened to be, I could make antimicrobial cleanser. And I made a lot of it. I made a truckload a day for 75 days. That one contract maintained our facility running at full pelt but what we did was we separated out the lines and social distanced everybody, provided tremendous amount of um, PPE and, and things of that nature. So every, we never, never had a COVID outbreak at the facility either, but the, the R&D work and the way the team came together to pivot, that I've never seen anything like that before. And, and uh, quite frankly, it, it was a remarkable thing, the whole Cura Labs team, the way they came together to do that. So if you remember in New York, they had these pop-up hospitals right it was our antimicrobial cleanser over half a million of them that was that was all over those wow. that they were using and and that that was like a mission it was a, it wasn't like it wasn't a business opportunity it was a mission right and you go a little bit further then we decide that we don't need hand sanitizers anymore now we need masks right. so what do i do with all this hand sanitizer well got to make another pivot <laughs> so just briefly i'll share with you is that i we ended up as a company donating over a million sanitizers to vas to cities, to nice. schools, education centers. I'm on the back of a truck with Mayor Suarez in Miami delivering product to him. Uh, I mean, it, it was an ama amazing opportunity for us as a company. Now we're back to more normal, staple right. business. And in terms of that, that story, which is incredible, I guess, do you think it was a, a lesson learned in, in entrepreneurship that we just can't ever, uh, you know, find ourselves at the status quo point. I mean, as entrepreneurs and as small manufacturers, we really do have to every day be looking to tomorrow. Got to have vision, got to be thinking outside the, the, the box. Is that, is that pretty much now uh, standard operating procedure in entrepreneurship and small business? I think it's becoming more so. 
I think that people are understanding this, this concept called continuous improvement. We're never going to be satisfied with what we're doing um, and that we always have to be looking at how we can improve. And so perfection is an everlasting goal right. that you never really achieve. It's the journey towards it. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. I think continuous improvement, pivoting, understanding that every day is a new day and a new opportunity is, is really where it's at. It's, it's encouraging your team to go along with you on that journey. And, of course, you, you talked about you went to your staff, you went to the floor. Um, talk about HR. Uh, you know, everyone wants to talk uh, today about workforce and the issues in workforce and the talent pipeline. Uh, where are you uh, on all those issues? Uh, what do you do that's unique uh, at Kira Labs to, to keep the team happy? Well, I, I'm not sure if it's unique, but some of the things I was sharing earlier today at the summit, was understanding the importance of happiness. Happiness in the workplace is a fundamental driver of why people will stay and join and follow you into battle when it's a pivot or when it's just day-to-day -day work and that they will follow you on a continuous improvement journey. That, that really means for me personally what that means is sometimes I walk up to people and just say thank you. Thank you for coming today. You had a choice. You chose to come to work. And they look at me funny when I do that and then they realise how serious I am because I am serious they did not have to come to work today but they chose to um also trying to engage with people one-on-one -on -one, trying to understand what their work passion is trying to understand how i can help them how i can be a stepping stone for them to get where they want to go um you know you, you you can't wave a magic wand that's going to make life uh, this utopia for everybody but what you can do is you can just try and do something and for me it's really trying to bring a little more happiness to their everyday work and that's really engaging with them with some empathy as opposed to right. yeah, as opposed to servant leadership as, right. a, as, a, as a CEO. I'm looking at EQ leadership, trying to understand their emotional well-being uh, and the practicalities of that and how do I engage right. on that level. Yeah, it, well, I mean, you are, you are speaking the language of, of, of HR and the language of business today. I mean, it really is about, about emotional intelligence, uh, the EQ, and, and you, I'll never forget working on my um, MBA. I think, we spent, I think we spent an entire class uh, session just drilling into the word empathy, really trying to understand, you know, what your team members are going through, uh, you know, at first glance, you, you may think one thing, but maybe there's really something else going on. So I think you, you know, you've touched on exactly uh, what we teach and, and talk about uh, in successful HR tactics and techniques now. Right. It's, it's not easy to find out what those things are, is it? No. Very hard to facilitate right. a conversation where someone's willing to open up to you. Right. Um, and I and I've found that I have to do a, I have to go through sometimes a process of shared experience, whether right. it's sharing about a loved one that may not be doing so well or whatever that might be, some challenges. I, I also go I try to go out of the way to find out, especially if someone has a need in the medical area. I like have made it a specialty of mine. If anybody has a family member that's suffering, whether it's a pediatric they need or a cardiologist, I will find them someone that can help them. I've done it for I've done it for team members that are overseas during COVID. And got through to someone that was running the hospital in another country, uh, and those type of things to me, that's I don't do that because it's a work thing. I do it because that's that's what it's like. Right. That's, that's it's great, and, right. and and that's 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 the infinite give that you can that you can really uplift the uh, the environment and the culture. So uh, as we bring this segment to a little bit of a close, this this has been great, David. Really appreciate the conversation. Um, 
Florida makes you, you were the keynote speaker, uh, just kind of touch on again. I think you, you, you sort of talked about, uh, but, uh, what, what did you tell, uh, this room full of, um, Florida manufacturers? What was your advice, uh, to, to that group? Um, there was a few points that I think really resonated because we had an after discussion in particular, the, the, the idea of empathy in a factory setting is not often seen. And it's a shift where we talk about Gen Z right now and we talk about um, all the different needs of millennials and so on and so forth. I think it's very, very similar if you extrapolate from that to what's happening in every sector of society with what, with what we've gone through in life. And that you have to understand that if you can connect to people on a deeper level, then you're giving them something that they can't get anywhere else. They're not there to punch in and punch out. They're there for purpose. They're there for meaning. How can you help them achieve that? What are the steps you can do to, uh, to, to make their life even happier? Do you go out to the shop floor? Do you walk up to people and smile and smile and make them happy? Um, for many years, I thought I was, I was uh, uh, avoiding work by walking around and smiling and saying hello to people. I thought that that wasn't work. And then many years later, a wise, a wise gentleman said to me, you know, that's the most important thing you could be doing every day. And so that's, that's it. It's do you walk up to people and say thank you? Do you smile? Do you greet them? Do you make them feel like as best as you can and show gratitude and empathy? By doing those actions, you create a team that's just ready to, to support and follow you with your – obviously, you have to have everything else aligned, your mission, right. your purpose, your priorities. But if you've got the team and the energy, you're ready to go. Extremely wise words by a very young man, uh, <laughs> David Rosen. Uh, founder, owner, operator of Kira Labs. Uh, David, uh, again, thank you for participating in, uh, in Florida Makes Make More Summit. Thank you for taking time out here with us on Small Biz Florida. Uh, again, a, a great uh, segment here with lots of, of great advice. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, this is Small Biz Florida. I am Tom Kindred, your host, and we are coming to you from the Florida Makes Make More Summit here at the incredible uh, Guidewell Innovation Center. Uh, incredible guests, just like our, uh, our guest here now, David Rosen with Kira Labs. Uh, there's more to come, so stay tuned. This is Small Biz Florida. This has been Small Biz Florida, created Produced by the Florida Small Business Development Center at Indian River State College. Your host for Small Biz Florida is Tom Kindred. Partners for Small Biz Florida include WPSL and WSTU and Indian River State College. Named the 2019 winner of the Aspen Prize for Community College Excellence.